Welcome to the Chapel Hill Academy podcast, featuring messages from our weekly chapel service. Located in Chanhassen, Minnesota, Chapel Hill Academy offers biblically-based Christian education, junior kindergarten through eighth grade, and holds a passion for Christ and a commitment to provide an education for life. We invite you to learn more about us at chapel-hill.org. I want you to open up your Bibles to Daniel. I ask that you would make sure to bring your Bibles today. If you were um, you brought it home over the break and you read it cover to cover and you just happen to forget to bring it back to school, share with a friend, and then remember to bring it back tomorrow because you all have Bible class, so you need your Bibles. So you're looking up Daniel. We are going to read through, walk through almost the entire book of Daniel this morning. It's a big task. So once you find it, keep yourself there because we are just going to work our way through this, okay? And we'll see. I, I, I'm not sure on the timing of this one, how we're going to get through it all, but we're going to try. And I kind of titled this message, you guys have heard this saying before, New Year, New You, right? You've heard that. You've heard that phrase You've thought about it, and sometimes as the new year comes, people try to reinvent themselves, or they try to better themselves, or improve upon something in their lives. They set some new goals. Well, we're going to look at the life of Daniel, the character of Daniel, his character, that is, and I'm hoping that there are some things that you discover that you would apply into this new year of life that the Lord has given you. Perhaps Daniel can show us some things that could be a part of our character in this new year, all right? And I thought it was interesting as I was looking at this, right at the beginning, chapter one, everybody there? Everybody found it? It's kind of a hidden little book. It's hard to find sometimes. But it starts off, it says, in the third year. So right away, it talks about, it kind of puts things in these like years or the reign of different kings, all right? And so in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, King of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. All right, so this is kind of a tough start to the new year for the tribe of Judah. Due to their disobedience and bad leadership of the king, their people and possessions were taken over by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. All right? And this is a theme you're going to kind of see here among different kings as we go. So this is kind of start. Carry on. Verse 3. Everybody there with me? Then the king ordered Asphenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after they were, um, after they were trained, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some, of, some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Familiar names? You have anyone in your family named any of those things? 
Maybe? No? Okay. Um, Daniel. That's the only one, probably. Now, perhaps these names sound a little familiar. God set them apart to be noticed and chosen by this new king because God has a plan. God always has a plan. God is good at turning bad situations into good. And the appointment of these four men from the tribe of Judah to be placed in positions that could give them influence in the kingdom is a big deal. So these were foreigners. These were people that were given an opportunity to have a voice, to be a presence in this new kingdom, which would not typically be thought of, all right? So that's the first start. God has a plan. In this new year, God has a plan. All right, verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused, notice that, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, uh, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. See, your moms and your dads are right. They know what they're talking about, to eat your vegetables. See, it's in the Bible even, to eat your vegetables. New year, new you, new diet. What do you say? Huh? Maybe? But really, but really, why do you think Daniel felt that it was an important thing to do? Anyone have any thoughts on that? Why do you think it, Daniel thought it was an important thing to do to not take from the portions that the king was laying out for them, but instead follow a different path? Anyone have a thought on that? Is that a hand? Go for it. Okay. Sure. So maybe God was directing him in a different way and he didn't want to put the earthly king or that king in authority. Okay, good. Okay, so maybe the food was not appropriate for their, uh, their group, what God had told them. Like even like things like pigs at that time, God said, ah, this isn't for you, not at this time and place. And so he was trying to honor what he knew God had instructed for him. As difficult as it might have been, and as enticing as it might have been, because I'm sure it was quite the spread. I'm sure it was quite the layout of food that he would have uh, taken a look at. So verse 17, to these four young men, God gave, again, notice that, God gave, it's not of their own doing, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time, set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. 
in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the kings questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. See, this is a big deal. They were given a position in this. They were foreigners with influence. They came in, and they were to have great influence in this kingdom. That's a big deal. He would not hand that over lightly, and yet, because God gave them special gifts and abilities and understanding and wisdom, he found them to be ten times greater than those that were around him. God has a plan. New year, new you, new opportunity. You never know when God is going to present you a new opportunity that is waiting before you. When you choose to honor him, when you choose to uh, experience what it is he's offering you. All right, chapter 2. Jumping ahead to chapter 2 here. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. Now notice, he put these people in prominence, right? Those, those gentlemen. Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind in tro uh, was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Yikes. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time. You are stalling, was, is what he's saying, because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, there is no one on earth who can do what the king is asking. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Now, I read this and I go, what? Daniel and his friends weren't even there. They weren't even given the opportunity. This crazy king, this violent, angry king, is holding all of these guys that he considered to be his wisdom people, and yet he lumped together Daniel's wisdom with the astrologers and the, and the, and the mystics and the enchanters and the magicians, and that's not what Daniel was. Daniel wasn't some trickery person who just did tricks and fooled people what Daniel tapped into was the source of the God of all knowledge and of all wisdom. And so he didn't even have that opportunity, and they're being sought after to be put to death, and they didn't even know about this. New year, new troubles. You see, my guess is in this new year, there will be times where you find yourself dealing with some new troubles. I think I've told this story once before, but I remember being accused of something that I didn't have any part of, and maybe you remember this. I think I shared it in a chapel at one point. 
And I thought about this when I think about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those guys, where they were accused of something or they were being sought after to be punished for something they didn't have anything to do with. And so I remember when I was in high school, I think it was in about 10th grade, and I was sitting in the back of the classroom, and I was sitting back there, and we had a substitute that day. And I didn't think anything of it, but um, all of a sudden, we had a teacher who was next door to us, sharing the room next door. He came storming into our classroom, and he said, who's banging on my wall? And he got really mad. And I was trying to be totally honest, not thinking anything of it, because I had just kind of remembered that I slid back and kind of hit the wall with my chair and hit it kind of hard. I wasn't trying to do it. It was just a one-time accident thing. And I said, well, I, I slid and hit the back of the wall with my chair. I'm sorry. And that's all I said. And he goes, get over here. And he calls me out in the class, and I come walking up to the front all scared. He's like, come with me. And he walks me into the hall and into the next classroom, into his classroom with like 30 students in there, all people that I kind of, you know, knew were either in my grade, and I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm walking in. And he goes over to the chalkboard. We had chalkboards and not whiteboards at that time. And he put this dot way up on the top of the chalkboard. And he said, jump and try and wipe that up with your nose. And I said, what? And I'm standing there looking at him like, of course I can't get that high. I'm not going to be able to jump and wipe it off with my nose. And he's like, do it. And I'm just standing there like, what is going on right now? And I look at it and I just like, you know, like what am I supposed to do? Am I really supposed to go for this? And he's just screaming at me. And then he tells me, don't ever bang my wall again. I'm like, okay, you know, freaking out. I walk meekly back into my class, go to the back seat and sit down. And this kid next to me that I hardly even knew, he leans over to me and goes, I've been banging on that wall all class. And he'd been sitting there just banging on it for no reason. And I'm the one who got in trouble. I was just trying to be honest about one little moment that I accidentally bumped into this wall thinking that's what he was referring to. And I'm the one who's standing in his class jumping up to try and wipe a piece of chalk off the board with my nose. And I remember going home feeling, I am so mad. I can't believe that I was the one called out for this. And I'm mad at this guy who is sitting next to me. I'm mad at the teacher. I'm just frustrated. And I just remember thinking how horrible it felt to be wrongly accused for something or held accountable for something that wasn't actually because of something I did. I can imagine Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego sitting there going, what did we do? You're coming to put us to death? Why us? We didn't even know about this dream. Well, in verse 14, it continues. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officers, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Eric then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. New year, new bravery. Think about how bold that was for Daniel to go. All these other people that the king had sought had asked for time, and then Daniel goes and approaches the king, which is quite the deed in the first place, and approaches the king and says, well, give me a chance. Give me some time. Let me do that. New year, new bravery. Maybe this is the year where you step out and have a different level of bravery 
in your life. Verse 17, then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever, wisdom and power are his. Who deserves the praise? Who deserves the credit? God does. This is why Daniel found favor, favor of others, because he remains loyal to God above all and is humble enough to know who deserves the worship and the praise, even when he is given this insight. He knows who it came from, and he doesn't claim it as his own. He recognizes that this was God who gave this to him. It's always God and never us. What really makes Daniel a hero is that he knows who the true hero is. That's the sign of every great biblical hero, is that in the end they always know who the true hero is and they never know, believe that it's themselves. So, new year, new humility. Maybe in this new year, you discover a new kind of humility, a new understanding that whatever qualities you possess, whatever good deeds that you extend, whatever praise you receive for being good on a basketball court or uh, playing an instrument or doing a test or whatever that is, whatever praise you get, maybe your new humility is to know it's only because of my God and my Savior that I have anything to boast in. So in verse 24, then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Again, bravery. Arioch told Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue. I'm on verse 31 here. An enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now, will you, now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. 
Again, it's God who gave it. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. See, new year, new witness. See, what Daniel did here is he used this opportunity to come before the king and actually to share of the, the authority of God, that it was God who gave him that position. It was God who allowed him his throne. And so he created an opportunity where he could create a witness to this king that the one true God of heaven is there. New year, new boldness. Verse 39, after you, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. Next, the third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay." As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, saw, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain. But not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king that will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Verse 36, then king, I'm 46, then king Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of God's and the Lord of lords, and a revealer of mystery. For you were able to reveal this mystery. Verse 38, Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, as Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. New year, new victories. You see, one of the things that discourages me as when I look around to Christians is that we often appear as a defeated people. But maybe in this new year, we consider a new year and new victories. Being hope-filled Christians in this new year is critical to our witness and our joy. Be positive about what God is going to do in and around us. Sometimes we look at the world and we become so negative and so doubtful as to whether God can or will do anything to restore our broken world that we fail to have our hope in the Creator God who can sustain, who can restore, who can provide hope, who can do what He needs to do to make things right. Maybe this new year we pursue new victories. All right, chapter 3. You still with me? Everybody nod your head. Take a deep breath. We are flying through Daniel. But as I was reading this, I was like, you really have to get the whole picture. You have to see the whole thing. Not just a verse here or there, but see the whole picture. 
Chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 60 wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. Anybody ever play the zither? All right. So um, when you hear these things, you're supposed to fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. New year, new challenges. No doubt in this new year, you will face some new challenges. You will face opposition, and you will need to remain strong to your convictions of what is right and what is wrong. Verse 7, therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and the people of every language fell down and worshipped the image of God, gold, that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And yet... Whoever does not fall down or worship will be thrown into blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Little tattletales. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image of I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. New year, new courage new character to do what is right, doing what is right regardless of whether it would provide you with benefits or not. A lot of people will do the right thing if they think it will provide them with benefits, or maybe it will give them praise, or maybe it will give them adoration or the approval of others. But real courage, real courage, true good character does what is right when no one is looking. And regardless of whether it gives them acknowledgement or not, Maybe in this new year, you have a new courage and a new character that is willing to do what is right regardless of how it may or may not benefit you. 
Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire and bound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw this, that fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was even a hair on their head singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was not even a smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their house be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. New year, new miracles. Do we really believe in the awesome power of God or is it just something we say and sing when we walk in here on Wednesday morning? Because if we believe, if we believe in the perfect power of God, then we should expect that he is going to show up in some incredible ways. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they expected that because they believed in a God of miracles, that his miraculous power would come to heal, save and uplift his children. This is also sometimes the way that God reveals his glory to those that have unbelief, like this king. It's hard to deny when you see that miracle happen before you. All right. So I'm about halfway done. Whew. It's 9.02. We're going we're gonna to jump ahead a little bit. So we see this Nebuchadnezzar we see that he's in his place, he's prosperous, he learned some things, okay? Um, we're going to keep going, and um, what happens is King Nebuchadnezzar is there, he has this dream, okay? And he wants some help, right? He wants some help. And so Daniel comes he uh, comes to explain this, and what he explains is that the king is going to be cut off from his kingdom. There's going to be some things that take place. And he says to this king, he says, I can help you. You see, things are going to go bad, but there's a way out. He says, therefore, your majesty, this is verse 27, in chapter 4. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be then your prosperity will continue. 
So Daniel's trying to head him off at the pass before everything goes bad because he has not been kind to the oppressed. He has not denounced his sins. He has been prideful. And Daniel calls him out. So maybe it's new year, new honesty. Maybe it's being honest enough to recognize your sin and perhaps even helping someone else recognize their sin. That's not easy. New year, new honesty, both with ourself and with others. You see, God calls us to acknowledge our junk and our sin. God calls us to change our ways to both honor God and love others. This is where freedom lives in a pure heart. This is where you experience true freedom. Freedom is in a pure heart, one that desires to flee from sin and pursue holiness. Perhaps in this new year, God is calling you to get honest with yourself and perhaps even gently being honest with someone you care about so that they too can get right before God. New year, new honesty. So the dream is fulfilled. By my mighty power and for the glory of majesty. You see, this is what King Nebuchadnezzar said. He looked over his kingdom. He looked over all that he had. And even after he learned of this dream, even after he learned of what he could do right, he instead said, all of this is because of me. That's what the king Nebuchadnezzar said. He goes, all of this is because of me. It's by my mighty power that I have all of this. And it's for the glory of my majesty. Well, it didn't take long that all of a sudden he lost it all. New year, new humbling. Maybe in this new year you're going to be humbled from time to time. Maybe there's a moment where you recognize I'm looking at self, I'm giving praise to me, and it's usually out of those times where we get humbled a little bit. Sometimes when we lose sight of who really deserves our worship and we instead arrogantly take the praise for ourselves, God has a way of humbling us to remind us that our only boasting should be in boasting in the Lord. It's hard to be humbled, it's hard to be corrected, but it's absolutely for our own good, so I'm going to encourage you to receive it. As hard as it is, receive it. And as that happened, he lost it all. And at the end of that time, Nebuchadnezzar raised his eyes towards heaven and his sanity was restored and he praised the Most High God and he honored and glorified him who lives forever. New year, new repentance. Get right. Get right. Look at this new year as an opportunity to get right. Maybe there's some stuff that you did or have done or you're looking back on and you're like, Ugh, there's some junk here. It's okay. It's time to get right. Because God loves it when we repent. God loves it when we get right with him. And Because as Nebuchadnezzar did that, at the same time that his sanity was restored, this is verse 36, he says, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. 
And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. New year, new blessing. God loves, us when, loves to bless us when we repent and return to him. He loves to give that to those who give the praise where it rightfully should go. Every king we witness in the Old Testament has a similar story. Honor God, keep him first, blessing and protection is provided. Ignore God, put self or other things first, and problems occur. And unfortunately, we often learn the hard way in our own lives. We forget to trust in the hard times and turn to other things for hope instead of the God of all hope. So, chapter 5, we've got a new king. And he's there, and he's going through all this stuff. He notices a hand on a wall just out of nowhere, writing some stuff on there. Anybody ever heard the phrase, the writing on the wall? Like, here it comes, it's the writing on the wall, this is going to happen, or you can foresee. It's from the Bible. We have so many sayings out there that we don't even realize come right out of the Bible. Writing on the wall. And he's confused, he's baffled, he's distorted, he's fearful, because wouldn't you freak out a little bit if there was a hand that just showed up on a wall and wrote you a note? I would. I'd be a little panicky. Well, he doesn't know what it means. None of his sorcerers and mystery people know what it means. So what happens again? Daniel comes in. He tells him what it means. He tells him, sorry, dude, you're going to lose it all. Uh, not going to go well. New year, new memory. The reason he lost it all is because he forgot the lessons his father had learned. That king witnessed what his father had done, Nebuchadnezzar, and he witnessed how he received the goodness after repentance. He knew all of this, and he fell away himself. New year, new memory. Don't repeat the things of old. Learn from your experience. Learn from the experience of others. Take advantage of the opportunity. Don't forget what you have been taught. I know you feel like sometimes teachers and parents, they're just like blah, 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 blah. I've heard it all before, but they're trying to protect you. They're trying to keep you safe. Don't forget what you have been taught. He knew what happened to his father, the king. He knew what was right, but he got greedy. He got selfish, and he made the same errors of others before, and he suffered the consequences of, of not following through with what he had learned to be no, no to be right and true. Save yourself the struggle. Save yourself the struggle. Don't repeat the same mistakes, the same sins. Start, chart a new path. All right, chapter 6. So, after all of this, new king, Darius, he sets up a plan, kind of being tricked by some other people because they're jealous of Daniel, okay? The administrators, they were trying to find charges against Daniel. New year, new jealousy. Don't allow yourself to be jealous. Don't allow yourself to have hatred for the success of others. Rejoice with them. Learn from them. Doing what is right is not a competition, but it's an outflow of a pure heart. Okay? Doing right is not a competition. It's an outflow of a pure heart. So anyways, they go on. They trick the king. New year, new enemies. Daniel's got some new enemies. You don't have to fight against them. Let them convict themselves. Just keep doing what is right. God will take care of that. Just keep doing what is right. 
Well, they issued this decree, you're supposed to worship this thing. Daniel's like, I'm not worshiping this thing. So he goes and he prays. It says you're not supposed to pray unless you're praying to this idol that the king had made. Daniel doesn't do that. He knows what is right. He goes in private and he prays and he prays and he prays. New year, new prayer life. Maybe that's for you today. Make it a new prayer life this year. And so he prays and he prays and he prays and these bad guys go and they seek him out and they find him and they're like, they trick him and they're like, king, he's praying. He's not praying to the idol that you created. Well, this upsets the king and he's frustrated and he's sad and all those things, but he also really loves Daniel. He's trying to figure out what but he's like, you can't go against this. That's what these bad guys are saying. And so he throws him into the lion's den and what happens? What was it? Lions make friends with them. Don't even open their mouths. Not even, not a scratch on him. And yet, the ones who had falsely accused Daniel, what happens to them? They, they don't make friends with the lions. New year, new justice. God will ultimately bring about what is right and true we are just called to remain faithful and trust. He will make things right. You don't have to take it into your own hands. He will make it right. You just pursue truth. You pursue what is good. And King Darius is transformed. He's amazed. He says, kingdom must fear the reverence of the God of Daniel. New year, new hero. How will you be a hero in this next year? What godly characteristics that we see in the life of Daniel will you seek to emulate in 2019? Seek to be like Daniel. Pursue what is right, good, and true. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray for each student here. I pray for everybody who hears this, that they would pursue what is right and true and noble and good and it not be about personal gain, but purely about faithfulness to you. Lord, I pray that they would see the benefits of that. I, say that I, I, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to understand that they have an eternal purpose to pursue you. And that whatever goes on around them, whatever enemies are created, whatever challenges they face, Lord, that you are looking to provide a blessing through eternity with you that is worth our efforts to seek what is good and true and pure. Lord, we love you. Help us in this new year to pursue something different, something better. Let us learn from our past mistakes. Let us repent let us come to you, Lord, always pointing to you as the one worthy of praise and glory and honor. Thank you for the story of Daniel. Thank you for letting us see his character and his faithfulness so that we have something to ascribe to as well. And we know that what he always did was point to you as the giver of all good things, the source of all that is good. It's nothing of our own. So help us to seek after that in your name, Jesus. Amen.